Oh my god, I don't have a joke because I've been just I've been playing it all wrong all the time. Play wrong. Podcast about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Welcome to this episode, and it has been one crazy busy weekend on the good news part. Guess what? It was time to update the domains, re renew the uh, hosting plan for the good old blog, which means, yes, the domain name is right now. You can use the old one, it'll forward to the new one, but the new one is theymightbegazebos.blog, and this time it's B-E, like the word's supposed to be. So, pat on the back for that, I guess. And what else is going on? Oh, in case you want to walking on, we're walking on, looking on me way when you're part of the Grognards and Gourmands group that I've got here. Yes, gamers that are foodies. Yeah, we broke out the meat grinder this weekend, and it's like time to make some sausage. And plus, the good old Insta spot. Instapot has been working overtime. Ask that happy whisk about Instapots. We made some refried beans. We're doing tamales tonight. And we did some puppy pollo. Yes. Special treat for the puppies. So let's get on with this episode. So what are we going to talk about? Well, let's see. Um, no session summary because it was Halloween. And the wife decided we should go and watch some spooky movies. So we did. And we had Frito Pie. See, I've already got food in this episode like a couple times, so see, it's a podcast about food sometimes. But you're here to listen about RPGs, so that's what I'm going to talk about next, it's RPGs. And what am I talking about RPGs? I'm going to talk about supers, that's right, superhero role-playing, because in my humble opinion, that's one of the toughest genres to do. Let's start at the beginning with... Okay, let's start at the beginning with how much have I played. Okay, not that much, I'm not considered... I wouldn't consider myself a super expert... I cut my teeth on the original Champions, I've done Mutants and Masterminds, and I've done Godlike. So, now I haven't done, like, I, actually, I take that back, I have done Icons. I just don't remember it that well, because, well, fate just sort of fades from my memory often. <clears throat> but I've got a kind of a good rounding of of most of, you know, the majors. I haven't done Villains and Vigilantes or, or some of the other ones, but... I got a good feel because I was talking a couple weeks ago with one of my players in my Labyrinth Lord game. He said, yeah, let me know how to do supers. And I thought about it. So here's what's tough about supers. Let's talk from the player point first. And that is genre buy-in. Everybody's got to buy into the genre. The DM, or GM, sorry. Wait for that to be trademarked pretty soon. Um, the uh, the game master and the players really have to buy into the genre. And now my guess is that you know your average party will consist of Wolverine, Batman, and Deadpool, which is okay, but you can only do so many of the lone guys who were kind of gruff and everything else. And plus, you have to break out of the, especially that D and D mentality of loot the bodies. Because, no, you can't have Dr. Death's super mega mega death ray. And you're going to have to get through the idea of sometimes the bad guys get away. And sometimes you just got to run. 
and the consequences aren't always death, but it's trying to break those things that thanks to, you know, practically every other game that you get those kind of behaviors built in and it's hard to break that sort of thought process in players sometimes and even game masters because our mutants and masterminds game was atrocious but i don't like talking bad about other people so let's go on to um like the crunchy bits the rules and that's the other really really hard part about supers games so in general you've got kind of two different extremes you've got champions which where you literally need to have a spreadsheet to figure out your character and in the old days we didn't have spreadsheets so we had to do we had our ti30 calculators to try to figure out what the hell is going on and buy all the points and everything else then on the other end you've got stuff like icons which is extremely abstract and very much story and plot driven which Oh, how can I say this gently? Pretty much on fate, everything feels exactly the same. No matter what you're doing, it just kind of feels the same. So there's not very much difference. And the, the, the key big difference, or the key big stumbling block, block and for, for designers to make a good supers game is the infamous Batman-Superman conundrum. So how is Batman balanced with Superman? Because Batman's got money and neat stuff. Superman can crush rocks. Yeah. How are these two characters balanced? How do these two characters team up without Batman kind of looking like Aquaman, so to speak, if you're an old superhero, Super Friends fan? So that's a really tough conundrum. And I've looked at a lot of games, and I don't know, I, th I think my... my, my my personal preference right now is trying to hit that happy medium between crunch and the abstract story aspects. And I'm looking at the Super Supers um, revised edition on Drive Through. I forgot who publishes it, but it I've got the PDF and I kind of like it. It's just a die pool system. It's pretty cool. And if the players want to do more of a street level thing, there's always Vigilante City by by uh, Bloat Games, which is. Um, well, it's it's old D&D based, so everybody knows most of the rules already, so that's the good part. So, yeah, that's my little rant about supers games because let's face it, they're tough, man. If you got any re recommendations, hey, drop me a email. It's still magicpigmedia@gmail.com or leave a voicemail on Anchor or hey, you're, if you're listening to this or looking at this on the blog, you can leave a comment or hit the contact there. All right, what are we going to move on to next? Oh, yes, wait. This is what it is. This is D&D Bootcamp. Here you will learn about the Dungeons and the Dragons. <laughs> if you don't, you will die a horrible and embarrassing death. Your friends will loot your body and leave your cold corpse to be eaten by giant rats. Ah, D&D Bootcamp. What was I going to do this episode? I was going to do something for the Dungeon Masters out there. Because my last couple have been about players and I haven't talked about Dungeon Mastering for beginning Dungeon Masters. And, you know, I try to think of my one big, big piece of advice for players. And here's my one big piece of advice for new dungeon masters. Let's see if this gets any thoughts running anywhere on the internet. Sometimes it's more important to know your players than the rules. Oh, that sounds crazy. But if you know what they enjoy, if you know what makes them mad, if you know what upsets them, 
you can kind of tailor what you do to what they expect. And, you know, strict adherence to the rules is not always the best thing, not only for story, but just for, for group cohesion. But, you know, there's also, you know, consistent application of the rules. So one person has, you know, gets away with something that should kill them, but the other person's character gets by with, with nothing. <clears throat> so be fair on that. But yes, know your players, understand what makes them happy, what, what they enjoy, and, and kind of steer the adventures that way, and sometimes the story that way. And, you know, don't sweat the rules too much. Don't sweat every little detail. Keep the game going. Keep it entertaining. Hey, you know what? If they're laughing and the character dies, they'll probably less likely to be mad at you. And that, my friends, is my little bit of advice for beginning Dungeon Masters. I know this episode is going to probably run pretty short because, well, <laughs> like I said, this has been a crazy, crazy weekend. Hey, let's, let's do a little more, another little side bit of what my life's been like. Because somehow this weekend, today, I don't know why my debit card's not working and no one is the bank will answer the phone until tomorrow. I can report it stolen. I can activate a new one. But for session, you know, selection three on the menu of anything else is call us back tomorrow. <sighs> so I have money. I just can't get to it right now. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I also want to mention, uh -huh, this is a not an unpaid advertisement. Mark Hunt has released BX Gangbusters, and it looks cool, and I'll be doing a review on the blog very, very soon if I get a chance to do it this evening. But hey, look out for that coming up on the blog, and you know what? I think it's time to read from those ancient tomes of wisdom, because it's been one hell of a weekend. Tomes of Ancient Forbidden Knowledge well, like I said, this is going to be an interesting episode, and it's running by quick, and I think I'm also talking very quickly because, like I said, I got the dogs washed today. They're tired out from their baths. I'm tired out from wrestling with one of them trying to get her to take a bath, and this episode has been a lot about what my life has been like this weekend. But you really don't care about that, do you? You want to hear about gaming stuff, which is perfectly fine because, guess what? We are... Still on Greyhawk Supplement 1. Let's talk about new monsters and additions and corrections to the monsters previously appearing. Because that's the section we're at now. We've gone through the magic using clerical spells. Now it's monsters, monsters, monsters! What do we got here? Vampires! All vampires are affected by the cross, despite any former religious background, as it is sovereign against them. It must be noted, however, that the vampire will not flee from such symbol but merely try to position itself so that the cross, or whatever, no longer interposes its powers between the vampire and its intended prey. There are other similar symbols of power versus vampiric creatures, and they can be introduced if the referee so desires. Vampires from the Middle East are invisible, but not able to charm. So, you know, once again, you know, I think there's a some, um, some bit of internet lore where, you know, clerics were kind of inspired by the Hammer films Van Helsing or Captain Kronos with you know the vampires were too except for well the elemental the elemental elementals are next but the level drain <clears throat> if I could read this is this is, how my weekend's going alright elementals impervious to normal weapons and to magic weapons under plus two um and impervious to attacks by creatures which do not have magical abilities, cobalt, orcs, etc., unless the attacking creature 
is four or more hit die in strength. Kind of, oh, yeah, well, who knows? Uh, and here we are. Druids. Druids, remember? Remember druids? I've talked about druids before on the blog and stuff. Druids were originally, <gasps> that's right, they're monsters. They're not characters yet. Druids, these men are priests of a neutral type religion. As such, they differ. They differ in armor class and hit dice, as well as in movement capability and are a combination of clerics and magic users. I should remember that when I was doing Druids in the Ark on the blog. Hey, it's still in rough beta. It's stream of consciousness, so hey. Even I blog like I, I do this podcast. Thanks, folks. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so magic use, magic use ranges from 5th through 7th level, while clericism ranges from 7th to 9th level. Druids may change shape three times per day each once each to any reptile, bird, or animal, respectively. I think they should have said mammal, because reptiles and birds are animals. Um, from size as small as a raven to large as a small bear. They will generally, 70%, be accompanied by numbers of barbaric followers with a, fewer, with a few high-level leaders. Blah, 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 blah. Tritons, something went ding. I bet it was like an email or something, or a MeWe notification, I bet. All right, Tritons, similar to Mermen in appearance. Tritons are more powerful in all ways. More hit dice, blah, 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 blah. Oh, they get spells, too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not that. Yeah. And they have, oh, 90% magic resistance. Boom. That's tough. Bugbears are giants. Great hairy goblin giants. They're quiet. Their chance to... Their chance to surprise the power party is 16 and two-thirds percent. We'll leave that for the math majors to figure out. You guys know what it is. All right, ogre magi. These are Japanese ogres, or onis they're called. And they are nastier than their foreign cousins. I have, like, trashed so many parties with these things. <laughs> they have the following abilities in addition to those of a normal ogre. Become invisible. Fly. Cause darkness. Polymorph into human form. Regenerate one point per round. Employ a single charm person, a single sleep once per day. And use a cold spell of eight die value per day. These, these abominations typically lure or raid human victims to pillage, devour, and enslave. Yeah, later game can't cone a cold. And trust me, these little guys... Dude, even in 5e, I nearly TPK'd a party with two of these. But that was mostly... Stupid tactics by the player's part and a thief blowing his stealth roll. I'm going to sneak up and see what's in the room. All right. The party was lined up down the hallway, so they had two cones of cold right down that hallway. <laughs> yeah, I'm an evil DM. Storm giants. These giants are only found in out-of-the-way places. As opposed to their giants who are, like, right there in town and easy to find. Um, typically, their abode will be in a castle built underwater, or on a mountain, or on a cloud. They are intelligent, 24 feet tall, and do 3 plus 3 dice, unless the alternate damage system. These giants are able to employ a control weather spell in order to cause a storm. <sighs> Their favorite kind of weather while angry in battle. Shadows, uh, yeah, uh, going to be hard magical weapons, and they drain levels. Oh, no, I'm sorry, they drain strength. Blah. Um... This lasts for eight turns. If any creature is brought to zero strength, it becomes a shadow itself. Shadows are not undead per se, so they're not affected by items which affect that class. Sleep and charm spells do not work against shadows. So 
they're not undead in original D&D. Clark goes, aha! No. Titans, they're bigger than giants, and they cast spells. Um, hit dice range from 75 to 100 points. What the heck? Yeah, yeah it's just a whole will-o'-wisps. Yeah. Highly clever and seek to lure their intended victims to some spot where they'll be trapped and expire. And when their life force leaves them, the will-o'-wisp will feed upon its this force. These commonly inhabit deserted places which have ears of quicksand, mires, and the like. Any metal weapons will harm a will-o'-wisp, providing it can hit the creature. If cornered, the will-o'-wisp will strike its opponents, doing 2 to 12 points of electrical damage per hit. These creatures can alter shape, become bright or dim, or disappear entirely at will. In order to save their lives, they will reveal where their treasure is hidden. But the will-o'-wisp has to be at three or fewer hit points to reveal the treasure. How often, uh, so figure this out, how often have you as a DM had a creature that was at three or fewer hit points? Because generally, they'll go from, the, they'll, they'll just get knocked down, and it's just the math doesn't work right way. Harpies! Yay, harpies! Lower bodies of eagles, upper bodies of human females. They hate everybody. Um... Yeah, enchant. Um, uh, not making a saving throw will immediately proceed towards a harpy, and if a harpy touches it, it will charm the creature. So yeah, eh, yeah. That's what I change there. Dragons. Hey, there's more dragons. There is brass. There is copper. It's pretty much like novels. Uh, there's only one king of lawful dragons. Just only one queen of chaotic dragons. Women's lid may make whatever they wish from the foregoing. I have no idea. Anyway, that was kind. Of it's kind of snub back in the day, but anyway. Remember, this is in the 70s. Get over it, people. So we have brass dragons. We have copper dragons. We have bronze dragons, silver, platinum, and chromatic. We call her Tiamat. Um, and the golden. And they're pretty much as before. We've got the whole thing. The, the platinum dragon is the king of the dragons, Bayamut. Um... Served by a guard of seven golden dragons. Yeah, the dragon queen. Uh, we'll talk about lizard men. Doppelgangers, you know. Corrections. They are subject to neither sleep nor charm. And they're pretty much magic resistant. Significance all forms of magic as if they were a 10th level fighter. I have a chart. Lycanthropes. Lamasu is another good one. Um, they were pretty much effed up. And this, let's get let's let, let's get to the the interesting thing here. Now, I think this is where we're going to call it this week because, like I said, it's been crazy, and I'm really rambling. But let's talk about cool monsters. I'm tired of this other gobbledygook. Here it is. For your viewing pleasure, we have. That's my little drum roll on the desk. The Beholder. Let's talk about this bad boy. These monsters are also known as spheres of many eyes or an eye tyrant. The bodies of these creatures are a great globe about three feet in diameter. Atop it are ten eye stalks. While in the center of the spherical body is a great eleventh eye. The body can sustain 40 points of damage. Each eye stalk, ten points. And the central eye can withstand up to 20 points. The armor class of the body is zero, the stalks two, and the eyes proper seven. Each eye functioning in a different manner. From one to four of the smallest eyes are able to function at a time. Ahem. 
So, eye number one, charm person. Eye number two, charm monster. Sleep, telekinesis, flesh to stone, disintegrate, fear, slow, serious wound, death ray, anti-magic ray. In addition, beholders are able to levitate themselves and float slowly about. These monsters are voracious. They are neutral in nature, although they tend to be chaotic. Why do we have sentences again that make no effing sense? Um, but yeah, that was Beholders. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sorry about this episode, folks. I've, I know I've rambled on, but it's been crazy. I have still got to prep for a business trip tomorrow. But hey, I'm getting an episode out. And like I said, coming soon, a review of BX Gangbusters. And you know what? I also grabbed uh, Tall Tales, where uh, Mark did... Uh, a Wild West version of BX. So that's going to be coming up on the blog, so stay tuned for that. And more bloggy goodness. So with that, folks, I will bid you adieu and thank you for listening. And as always, you can check out the blog. Now, finally, the new improved blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. Check out the Facebook page. Give us likes. You know what? I get 50 likes. I'm going to start doing an extra episode of this podcast. And you know what? It's going to be a fun one. Hilarious. It's going to be crazy stream of consciousness stuff about life and gaming. Not the podcast, but less about gaming, probably. Hopefully a little more entertaining than sometimes these episodes are. And, of course, uh, if you can, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the podcast on Anchor FM. Hey, you can leave a message for me there, too, and tell me how boring and stupid I am. Or, hey, visit the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos for as little as a buck a month you can help make make it possible you can help me pay that bill that i just took for hosting and and, and uh domain registration i'm just kidding i'm not bitching people i'm just see these are the little things people never see when somebody gets a domain you know and, and you know what even though they're offering it, i'm not doing freaking ads on there all right i won't ads are annoying and pretty much useless <coughs> excuse me and with that, a cough, a rough day, and I will bid you adieu. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. I Hopefully, I will probably be calmer and have much more interesting and fun stuff to say. With that, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun, people. Have fun, fun, fun. <laughs>